we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin, where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 52. Not sure if there's going to be a 53, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, I interview Troy Hedgren, owner of Magic All-Stars in Anaheim, California. I told you guys we're going to start interviewing some local coaches here in California, and I had to start off with Coach Troy, my former boss, a mentor, and honestly, just a great friend. If you're new, I appreciate you checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe, and if you haven't already, definitely share this with a friend. Also, on the episodes that don't feature an interview, we have the question of the week. So if you want your question answered on the show, you can DM me your question. You can DM me at Jason Larkins on IG. I love getting and answering all of your questions, so be sure to send those in. But guys, enough of me talking. You guys are here for the interview. So without further ado, my conversation with Troy Hedgren. All right. So Coach Troy, thank you. Welcome. You're on the Let's Talk to Your Podcast. I'm glad to have you, Troy. What's up, man? I am very excited. Thank you so much. Um, this is really exciting for me as well. So. This is awesome. Um, one of my biggest mentors, um, obviously, former uh, boss of mine and just I'm, I'm glad you know we decided not too long ago hey we should do like a california tour and interview a bunch of uh coaches in california and you know just the local you know everyone that we all know and you know that especially us in california that we get to see all the time and i said right. i can't start with anyone except for coach <laughs> troy troy has to be the very first one that kicks this thing off so you know that just means i'm the here. oldest right <laughs> right <laughs> where they start calling you og oh choice yes. og right there yeah so you have i want to hop straight into these questions i know your time is precious so here's our first question for you troy uh, most people i want to talk about how you actually got into into the game of cheer so most most people and actually kind of like the ownership role because most of us start cheering and then we're like, okay, we're going to start coaching. And then that leads to bigger and bigger roles. Oh, I'm going to own my own right. gym right now. But um, a fun fact that not many people probably know that you did not actually cheer yourself. So tell us the nope. story, how you got started, and and let's take it from there. All right. Well, it's kind of a, a funny, weird road that God made this, that put me on. Um, it started with me um, finding my high school sweetheart. Um, and she was a gymnastics coach. And because I wanted her to like me, I was hanging around the gym all the time. And finally, that gym owner said, hey, if you're going to be here all the time, you want to do something. And he had a preschool gymnastics class um, that he needed to cover. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, at that point, I fell in love with gymnastics. I fell in love with coaching. Um, I was there all the time now, not just to try to date my wife, um, but to learn how to coach. And so I would sit, I I, I um, apprentice with him for about a year and a half. Um, and then I opened my first business, which was called the tumble bus. So I took a school bus, cut out all the seats, 
put in mats and a jungle gym. And I drove around the preschools and I taught little preschool classes at the preschools. I did that for about two years. I sold that business and I opened up um, my first actual physical gym called Gymnastics for Kids. Um, it was right during the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. So I thought that was the perfect time. Um, and so we got, you know, the, the gym went well, but I didn't get a lot of kids. And then all of a sudden this girl from the local high school and Lisa Miguel was like, I need to learn how to do a back handspring. I need to learn how to tumble. And so I started teaching her. And from there, I met the coach and they needed a tumbling coach. And then I went to my very first NCA high school summer camp. And that's when they used to do like coaches, a coaches class, went to the coaches class and was like, I have to learn how to do this. I love this. And then yeah. from there, it just blossomed. There we go. And Troy, <laughs> I love this. Is like, this is why I love it. And I hope people caught this in the middle of that, that your first, and that's entrepreneurial spirit right there. Like <laughs> I'm going to get this bus. I'm going to turn it yeah. into a tumbling gym. We're going to drive around. Well, real quick, dive into that. What was that experience like really like, the tumble bus? Um, it was pretty awesome. Um, uh, there was a, a, pers- a gym owner, a gymnastics gym owner in, gosh, where was she? Um, in Indianapolis somewhere. And that's and I saw it at um, the, the USA Gymnastics Congress. She was showing this, and I was like, this is perfect. Um, it was pretty awesome. And before we were done, we had four buses that were had were driving all over the place. Um, but it, the the first one, the first time I drove up to a preschool, it, the the director's eyes were like, "What is this?" Um, <laughs> yeah. But I learned how to sell, and I learned how to go and and be and and grow something from nothing, and and that was that was pretty awesome. There we go. All right, so we do the tumble bus, we do the gym, and then we go to. So you have a girl who wants to make her high school team. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, she wanted to make her. She wants to make her high school team, and then you end up going to NCA camp. You you crash the the coach's class, and you're like, oh, I need to get (laughs) involved in cheerleading. Like this is a. So what was it about cheerleading that really, I guess, like drew your like attention to it that you wanted to try that sport out? Um, Well, I'm going to start with my gymnastics team wasn't really flying the way I wanted it to fly. <laughs> um, and there was a ready, a ready number of kids that wanted to do all-star or wanted to do cheerleading. Um, I met a person that was from Texas. Um, she was at that time, the coach of the high school. And she talked to me about this thing called all-star cheerleading. It was just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the reason why I started all-stars, initially was I went to, you remember at um, uh, NCA used to have a competition actually inside Disneyland in the theater inside there. I do remember that. So, so we, my wife and I uh, were walking to Disneyland and we were walking by the theater and we saw this thing cheerleading. So we went in and we got tickets and we were watching and we're watching these, this team and they're super amazing. And then um, this girl does a tumbling pass and my wife and I both look at each other and it was a, it was a girl that she coached that her family had moved to Texas. And so we're like, Oh my gosh, that's Bingley. That's her. And so we're look, we searched the the stands for their parents, found her mom. And she told us all about this thing that's in Texas called all-star cheerleading. And it was mm-hmm. so great. And so I went back to that coach and was like, let's do it. Let's start a team. There we so. go. 
Yep. So you start a team, um, and is that when you start? Is that when magic starts? That's when magic starts. Yes. Okay. So that's twenty five years ago now. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so magic yeah. starts, and um, so we have magic, and over the years you have you have one of the perennial small senior worlds teams, one of you know fan favorite every year, fantasy. So tell me about like fantasy and why that team like really like captured your heart. Yeah. Um, I, I think it started in 2004. Uh, we went to UCA Nationals. Um, I think at that time we were I'm trying to remember what it's called. It was Senior Prep Advanced. It, it, everything's gone through such so many, you know, the evolution yeah, yeah, of it all. Sure. Um, and we went there, and and um, it was the first year I ever actually did our our stunts and pyramids. Um, I learned that from Eric Anderson, who's one of the, he literally, he is the reason why I build pyramids today. Um, yeah. but I, that was the first year we did that and, and, uh, we went there and we lost by 0. 0.08. And, and <laughs> at, at that time I was like, oh, I'm not doing, I'm not losing like that again. And I, yeah. and, I, and, and those girls just gravitated around the idea of we're going to become something great, something special, something that, you know, they were, they were just the most dedicated young ladies. And so from the 20, 2004, and then Worlds is there, but it's only for large senior, large co-ed. And then all of a sudden they open it up to small senior and small co-ed. Mm -hmm. um, and so in 2005, those group of girls said, we want to, we're, we're, we want to qualify for worlds. We want to do this. Um, and so they worked their butts off for, for a year. Um, and, and to get ready for the, for the season that we were going to qualify, which is 2006. Um, yeah. and we went all over the place and we went to, I think it was, our, I think our, our bid events were American Grand NCA and USA. Um, American Grand, they did awesome. Came in, I think they came in second place um, to True Athletics actually that year, who took their junior team and won small seniors <laughs> in Worlds. Um, lost to them, went to NCA, did not have the best showing. We had a really hard weekend. And then we went to USA um, and finally got our bid, I still have pictures somewhere in my office um, of the girls raising up that bid packet. It was the first one. I remember sleeping with the bid packet underneath my yeah. pillow that night. It was just the most important thing. So I think that's what really started my, um, just that, that journey of the next 10 years, 11 years with that team and, and it being such a special and important part of not just me as a person, but growing me as a coach. Because I definitely had to grow as a coach um, from that from that time on, just because of the passion those girls those girls show. Yeah, there we go. So we have fantasy, um, which I think you're known for, and I think the other thing that you're known for that you have already mentioned about Eric Anderson, <laughs> but the pyramids, like you're the pyramid guy. The pyramid guy. The so, pyramid guy. And I love this is like one of my favorite things is when I'm on ASGA or Coach Page, 
and they're asking like, who does, you know, who's the best pyramid choreographer? Or I'm looking for a new pyramid choreographer. Please, you know, tag them below or, you know, let yes. me know who it is. And I love going to the comments and just like how many times can I count Troy in there? And it's like, there it is. Like, oh, I'll make it 12, you know? And so well, I, I love that. that. Yeah. So how, how, how did the pyramids, how did you become the pyramid guy? How did your, you know, fascination with pyramids, right. like, you know, how did you find out you have this talent? Um, really, truly, it started with Eric Anderson. I remember vividly USA back. Your beautiful wife was in this pyramid, I think, or she was a part of this mm -hmm. pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was American cheer, large senior, all girl worlds, level five. I think I don't remember which one they called it at that time. Um, and I just watched. I watched this pyramid build and grow, and and then my favorite part was. And they hit their arabesque and it, the, the song going down and they drop and they pop back up. And, and I just was like, ah, I have to learn how to yeah. do that. And then from there, it was just a lot of trial and error, a lot of people um, trusting in me. Um, and then just growing my own style of, you know, if you've ever been, I mean, your kids know, John and I come around and we start, you know, we do our crazy stuff and we draw on the floor and we start looking at each other through the, through the fingers and yeah. and I think it just it was it was one of those things that as I did it more I just found out like it it, it just became a passion. For yeah. Me. So there we go. I remember being at Woodward one year and it's got to mm -hmm. be like my first, you know, second year maybe on staff. Um yeah. you know, we're at Woodward and I'm watching you put together Fantasy's Pyramid. So for those who don't know Woodward was our camp that we would go to at PCM yeah. and, you know, did lots of choreography happened during during this camp so but i remember you putting together fantasy's pyramid and you guys did it was the year you guys did that little cartwheel where she was like on one group and she did a cartwheel handstand to another group and then went to another group and i was like that was the coolest thing i've ever seen <laughs> like troy you have to do our pyramids like you have to and ever since that moment i have been sold on you doing our pyramids like i won't no one else is doing our pyramids except for <laughs> troy and um and that was crazy because um, when Ashley and I decided to come to American, it's like, well, I wonder if Troy will still do our pyramids. I remember you very subtly like, hey, if you ever need yes. anything, like, you know, <laughs> you can call me. And I remember that was like, I think that was the go ahead that if we need a pyramid from him, he'll, you know, he'll come up. Yes. And so, yeah, you've been you've been great. So thank you so much for, you know, still continuing to do our pyramids. I know. I, I that yeah. probably wasn't easy for a little bit. I'm not I'm sure you probably took some uh, some bullets yeah. for that, but <laughs> it doesn't well, happen. I I I think it was always been hard in California for me to venture out. I've been lucky to to be able to go to places like World Cup or Rockstar or Cheer Athletics and outside of California. Um, but I think because especially for that, especially that time between like 2010 and 2015, where it was like a race to see who could become the biggest between PCM and California All-Stars and Cheer mm -hmm. Force. Um, you know, I, I think that there was that like hardening of, yeah. hey, they don't let those people in or don't. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure I felt it as well. But um, but I, I'm glad now because I get to go to lots of different places, places I never would have ever thought I could go to. Um, especially here right in my own backyard and I love it and I love seeing the kids and I love getting getting to see them at competitions and and they're like hey where's John how's John and yeah if you don't know who John is I'll, he's just my friend that helps me build pyramids so 
<laughs> there, there, and one of the most free, I, I, and I get this all the time. People ask me, you know, I'll get a, a DM or a tech or someone will stop me at a company. Like who does your pyramids? And I love nothing. I love nothing more than referring them to you. And, you know, cause people want me to do their pyramids. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I stand, I, you, you know, just make them look great. <laughs> I try my best, but I was like, I'm not the guy who put that together. So but I love referring <laughs> you to people and, um, well, thank you. you know, that happening. So real quick, um, People might be sitting there wondering, you know, I need a new pyramid guy or, you know, I do my pyramids myself. So if people want to get in contact with you about pyramids, what's the best way for them to do that real quick? Um, uh, at Magic All Stars uh, on Instagram is where I get a lot of people that 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 send me messages, um, Facebook or um, my name at, at gmail.com. Troy Hedgren at gmail.com is my email address. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm open always. And I, I love doing it. It's, it's something, like I said, that I love coaching, uh, but as I've grown and as, as now, you know, I'm, I'm moving out of that coaching stream and I'm moving out of, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of like where I find my most joy is going other places um, and sharing what I've learned about building pyramids and what I've learned about the, this amazing activity called cheerleading um, and then introducing to uh, my most important uh, part of, of what I think that I've learned on this journey is, is the blocks of coach Wooden's pyramid. There we go. The, Oh, the blocks of the pyramid. That's actually pretty good. The pyramid guy <laughs> yes. that teaches the blocks of the pyramid. Um, yes. So real quick, I, I do want to hop on the, Oh, well, Let's say this first. I'm going to say this again. People, if you're looking for a new pyramid guy, which if you don't have Coach Troy, you should be, reach out to Troy and get him to do your pyramids. He's been doing our pyramids for years. Okay, enough with that, but you know who to reach out to. So, um, but, so Troy, you actually, last time we actually, last time you came up, and I guess maybe not the last time, but maybe the time before when you came up, like sometime mm -hmm. this year, um, you know, we were catching up and you were talking about, I was asking about how some of your old fantasy girls were and you're yeah. like, Oh yeah, she's doing great. And she's doing this and she's doing this. And like, you knew so much about these athletes and what they are up to. It really, it truly inspired me. It inspired me to reach out to like a lot of like my old athletes. And so I, I did this thing. If they came up on my timeline, like on mm -hmm. Instagram, I would just DM them and just say something like, Hey, been thinking about you. Or, or if I, or if I was actually thinking about them, I thought about um, right. Taylor Lampson. She like tore ACL at USA Nationals for some reason that popped into my mind. So I reached out to her. I was like, "Hey, I just want to check on you, see how things are going." But you inspired me to like reach out uh, to these kids. So I wanted to uh, thank you for that. So, but my my question right now is, you probably don't ever get to see all the generations of of these kids all together at the same time. But yes. if you had the opportunity to do so, what would you tell them right now? Oh, well, first I would, I would want to know everything's happening in their lives. But um, I think I would tell them this, that the pride that I get watching them become doctors, mothers, um, lawyers is, 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 infinitely more than anything that I can look back at in terms of a competition or a banner 
or a skill that they learned. Um, watching them grow into amazing young adults and adults um, is, is probably a greater joy than I could ever, ever ask for. There we go. Spoken like a champion. Now, Coach Troy, we've talked yes. about some of the good times, the pyramids, fantasy, magic, PCM. Take us through some of the tougher times that you've had in the industry. Like what's something like you like, like, man, that was a really like down time for me. Yeah. Um, I would say the hardest time that I had um, was probably when we grew to our biggest um, because I love relationships so much. Um, as we grew bigger, it got really hard for me to, to know each and every athlete. Um, and I was pulled so many different places. And there was a time where I was pulled even away from the thing that was most important to me at that time, which was fantasy. Um, and so I think that was, that was a really tough time. Um, and, it, and it was actually the genesis of me saying, I, I think it's time for me to get back to um, what is most important. And that is the mentoring aspect of what coaching is. Um, there was also a time um, early on when I first opened my gym, um, you know, we had, we were growing. We were probably one of the, I, I, I think I remember when it was magic, it was magic and pace, champion cheer and West coast. Those were the ones Mavericks. Those are the, that, that was who you saw on the all-star circuit at that time. Mm -hmm. And then the person that I started magic with left and started another program. And when they left, they were really the cheer part of us. I was like the gym owner. I knew the gymnastics part. I was just learning how to do the cheerleading. Um, and when they left, um, all of those relationships that I thought I had left with her. Um, mm -hmm. And so the people that used to come and do music for us wouldn't return my calls. The people that would come and do choreography or those kinds of things with us wouldn't return my calls. Um, and so that, that period of going from thinking that I, that I knew where I was going and then going from four teams to four athletes and having to rebuild again, that was a really tough time, but it, it was a growing time for sure. Yeah. It's, um, you gave me, well, I remember texting someone um, a while ago, we, our numbers, this American, our numbers, I can't remember if we grew, if we stayed the same. And if we grew, it was by like very little. And, you know, I was texting gym owner about something. And I remember him saying like, bigger isn't better, better is better. You know, and I think we, yeah. I think we all want to, especially on this side of the, um, of cheerleading where you're trying to like be the business owner and grow the program. Like, Oh, we gotta get more okay. kids. We gotta figure out how to get more programs. But I can see how, how hard that is when, especially you start, you know, the franchise, you know, PCM, how many locations did PCM have at one point? Maybe nine. I think at our most, no, I think we had 10 in California, North, Southern and Northern and Arizona. And then at that time, we were branching into South America. So we opened our first Mexico one and then yeah. uh, Costa Rica. There we go. So like, right, like that's a lot of teams. And it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to 
know all the staff, let alone all the athletes and the families and the parents, you know? And I remember you told me this, some of the best advice, some of the best advice I had ever gotten. And I know I've told this to you before, but some of the best advice I ever gotten is when we had, we did tryouts that very first year at American, we send the team list out. Everyone is unhappy about what team they made. (laughs) And we have, I have so many emails in my inbox. I'm just overwhelmed with, Okay, well, that's not how I expected, like, my first, you know, thing to go, right? Like, it's like my first day on the job, right? (laughs) Right. And I'm like, what do I do? And I remember calling you and being like, do I just tell them, you know, suck it up, buttercup? (laughs) Like, this is the team you're on? Or should I call them all? Should I meet with them all? And I remember you just giving me the most sound advice. Like, Jason, at this time, you know, like, when we had first started our gym, what I would have done is sat down with every parent, had that face-to-face communication. And I was like, all right, I, I guess we're going to do it. And, you know, cleared out my schedule for – we didn't have practice that week. We weren't starting practice till the next week. And I cleared out my schedule and sat and met with, you know, it, it seemed like 100 parents that Probably. we sat and met with and and went through the whole day meeting. and and But I, I really got to know our families at the gym. And I think without yeah. that, you know, I'm not sure how I – how I really would have got a chance to meet that many families that quickly. Cause we got to have like real conversations, get to know each other. And you know, I'm thinking, Hey, that parent's not that bad. And I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that they left those me. Hey, Jason's not that Jason's bad. Not that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, I had a, I appreciate that your mentorship and just always being there for me. So, yeah. cause you really have, you have really helped me you've really shaped me into the coach that I am for better or for worse. Right. So people are like, Oh, that guy, <laughs> don't blame me we for all, that, Jason. <laughs> right. We all have both sides of that coin, but, but no, I appreciate that. And, and, and you know, that you and, and Ashley have always been so dear to my heart. And I, and I really believe that it's that, that is the first lesson that coach would never taught me was that, that coaching is a sacred trust. You're not just, some guy off the you're, you're you're a person that is directly impacting young athletes lives and 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 you're being given that trust by parents and I'm a parent and I know I've given that trust over to other to other coaches as well um and so I think that was probably the greatest lesson that coach would taught me in the beginning was that that coaching cannot be looked at anything less than a sacred mm-hmm. trust there we go all right so let let's Let's kind of stay here then. You you obviously were a mentor to me. Um, you brought up Coach Wooden a couple times. So let's talk about um, some of your mentors. Who who's mentored you and inspired you as okay. a coach and as a leader? Um, for sure, um, like I already said, Eric Anderson in terms of um, that creativity in the pyramid realm. Um, my good friend, Chris Stewart, was probably one of the first people that um, came when I talked about that period of time where nobody would return my calls. Um, he was the one that would, um, and 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 we. Uh, he's probably one of my greatest friend mentors in terms of of just coaching and 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 what it means to be a person of character and integrity. Um, my father is um, someone that. I, I, I very much look towards, he was a, a minister in the Salvation Army, um, and he went through a lot of the same things I do as a coach and a gym owner in terms of um, 
people are looking to you. Um, they're the ones, they're the first person they're going to bring your joy to the joy they're having, but they're also going to be the first person that, that brings the problems and the hurts and the, the struggles with. And so I watched him over the years, um, learn how, and I learned how to separate my job and, and my responsibilities in that area and without neglecting my family. So my father was a very, very big influence in that way. Um, and then coach Wooden, 100%, um, as I grew from a young passion driven coach and should have passion, um, to hopefully a more mature coach, it all came from, um, the knowledge that, that I, I gleaned from him. All right. And as you know, and hopefully our listeners know right now, but I'm a huge coach Wooden fan as well. Um, so tell me, and there's some things I just absolutely love about Coach Wooden, but tell me about some of those most influential, like real specific. Let's like really talk right. about Coach Wooden and the impact that he's had on your mentorship and leadership yeah. and as a coach. Um, well, look, reading through the blocks of, of the Pyramid of Success and the, ten, the 15 blocks and the 10 mortar qualities for the last 20 years has been definitely influential. But in that, I've... I've gained so much more knowledge in the different books. I think I, I think at this point, my library has every book ever written by or about Coach Wooden. Um, mm. And so now, you know, when I read about his stories of growing up in the Depression years and and then reading about um, how his father, Joshua, uh, you know, just raised him, um, reading about his time in Purdue, um, being not just a, a, a scholar, a, a scholar, but also you know a number one athlete taking those you know was definitely taking those those lessons he learned and then becoming a coach in his own right. Um, how he one of my favorite stories, and if you don't, this is an amazing book written by Kareem Abdul Jabbar about his time and his relationship with Coach Wooden. Um, and has some amazing stories. But one of my favorite stories that he recited in this book that really nobody knew, um, th this is, wasn't something that I'd read in any other book by Coach Wooden, and I have them all, except for this one. And he recites this story that, that and Coach didn't even tell uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about this story. He, he found out about it. Was um, in the 1940s, you know, America, racial, racial segregation, terrible time in our history. Um, and this, this Midwestern man in uh, Indiana Teachers College has this amazing team. He's so strong and he gets invited to what is now the equivalent of the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. They call him up and they say, yes, you had a great team. You have a great team. We want you to come. But you have that one black player and he can't come with you. Coach Weed immediately said, if my team doesn't come, we don't come. Hangs up the phone. They don't go. Not like trying to negotiate. He said, no, my team goes or it doesn't. That's it. We're not going. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he doesn't. It would be like somebody saying, here's your paid bid to Worlds. But I have this, I have this, bad, I, you know, I have this thing that, that goes against your morals mm -hmm. that I need you to do for you to be able to come. And you go, yeah. nah. Sorry. No. See yeah, you next year. Down. Yeah. The next year they call back again because they have even a better team. 
They say the same thing. Coach says, sorry, you know I'm not going to come. He's about to hang up the phone. They say, wait, wait, wait. Okay, we'll change the rules. Please come. So by his stance, his moral, his character, standing up against what he knows in his heart to be wrong, he changed the hearts of other people. That is amazing. That's what coaches do. There we go. True story. There we go. All right, coach, keep going. Tell me more. Tell me more. The people right. are listening. <laughs> um, oh, um, I. so every year I, I, with my teams, I've done it on the internet, but I, I teach through the blocks of, of the Pyramid of Success. Um, this year I got a chance to do it with a high school team that I took on last minute. Um, and so it was really great to just do it again to fresh ears. People have never heard of it before. Um, and so we got through all 15 blocks. We got through all 10 mortar qualities. And I said, I want you to understand why listening to these blocks and applying them to your lives is important. And I want you to see it from the character of the man that put them all together. Mm-hmm. And so I told him the story of how he got to UCLA. So Coach Wooden is this rising star coach. He has these amazing teams. So every, every college in the country wants it, right? Um, and so he boils it down to two, Minnesota, UCLA. Um, has his pick of everyone, but he boils it down to those two. So he's a Midwestern guy from Indiana. He's, that's, that's his place. Minnesota is the dream job, the dream job. Like if you can picture your dream job, this was Coach, Coach Wooden's. So he says, Minnesota, call me at six o'clock. UCLA, call me at seven. I'll make my choice. Six o'clock comes around. Minnesota doesn't call. Seven o'clock comes on the button. UCLA call says, we want you. Whatever it takes, you're our guy. And Coach Wooden says, yes, I'll take the job. You called at seven. Right after he hangs up the phone, Minnesota calls him and says, there was this tremendous ice storm. All the phone lines were down. And he says, you know, I just told UCLA, I just gave them my word that I would take the job. Didn't sign a contract. This is literally just, I said it on the phone. This was my word. Not even a handshake. Yeah. Nothing. Um, Minnesota tries everything to say, you can get out of it. We'll get you out of it. You can still come to Minnesota. You can still have the dream job. And coach said, no. My word, I gave my word, and he went to UCLA. Yeah. And I said, I told the, the, the girls on the team, I said, this is why you can trust these blocks is because they're built by a man that could have everything he wanted, but would not sacrifice his character nor his word because of it. So, yeah. So how's he had an influence? What do you feel, what do you feel like he has given you, like, um, as a coach, like how yes. do you feel like that's had an impact on you as a coach? Well, the first book I ever read was this one, Coach or Wooden um, Observations of His Life on and Off the Court. And, and I saw the progression of a man from a young boy to an athlete to a superstar athlete to a coach to a superstar coach. And, and he was very frank and very vulnerable in all of those things. And he showed the pitfalls of what could happen. He showed when he was a young coach and he was so aggressive and he was the, I think he, I think he called it the prison guard coach. You know, you're going to, you're going to break those rocks because I tell you, 
And yep. so I'm going to do it, but I don't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. To becoming a, a, a philosopher coach that says, I'm going to teach you why you want to have pride in what you do. And, and I'm going to show you respect in, in the way that, that I treat you. And because of those things, you're going to work to your absolute fullest. So yeah. I got to see that journey and that progression. Um, I got to learn through the blocks. And I, like I said, I've taught the blocks for 20 years. And every time I teach them, I learn something new about industriousness. It's not just the love of hard work. It's, it's the, the desire to use my effort in a way that's going to make me become my personal best. I've learned more about team spirit. It's not just willingness to give up my own personal gain and glory, but I go out of my way. I'm eager to make sure that the people around me succeed at the same time that I'm succeeding. I learn more about competitive greatness. It's not just winning everything. It's about knowing that I've prepared myself in such a way that when my best is needed, I have the ability to give it. So I think that it's, it's, it's a culmination of all of those things. Um, and seeing that coach's definition of success was true and right. And it's modeled and mirrored by everything that I know about this man. There we go. Real quick, give us coach's definition of success. Uh, coach's definition of success is this. Well, let me actually, I want to do this. All right. So the way that coach came about this definition was he was given an assignment about by his, by his teacher about what is success, right? What is success? What is that definition? And he, he, you know, it took him a long time. He said he went back and forth. He listened, he, he, he remembered what his dad said about never try to be better than anybody else. Just try to become your absolute best. Um, obviously he saw from every, everybody else, you know, you have to go and become the champion or win this or get the best grades or, have the best car, all those things. And so he kind of like, you know, he saw those conflicting things together. And then he said, I read this verse, this poem. And this is what he read. At God's footstool to confess, a poor soul knelt and bowed his head. I failed, he cried. The master said, thou didst thou best. That is success. And so that's where he came up with the ultimate, hit ultimately his definition, which is this. It is the peace of mind that comes from knowing, sorry, the peace of mind that comes from the self-satisfaction in knowing that I've done the best to become the best that I'm capable of becoming. That means it's not somebody else that gets to determine that. Mm-hmm. Not social media, not, not anybody else except myself. Yeah. Not a score sheet, not a banner, not a trophy. It's just me knowing that when I went into that situation, I, I, I didn't leave anything behind. And I yeah. didn't and I didn't leave anything behind preparing on my way to that that place. And and that way I get to just rest in that. And sometimes I get to glory in 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 the in the victory, which is great. We should all glory in our victories. And but it also means I don't have to I don't have to fall in the failure. I don't have to, I don't have to tell myself, cry out, I failed. I can, I can remind myself I did my best. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that, you know, definition of success, because, you know, I I grew up not really knowing, actually not knowing anything about Coach Wooden. 
Um, though I kind of stumbled upon Coach Wooden. My mom, I got my, I got the job at CBU. It was like literally right after get hired at PCM. And my mom puts together like this care package thing. Like you are now a coach. It's like my coach care package. Yeah. And there's a book in there by Coach Wood, or actually it wasn't by Coach Wooden. It was um, the greatest coach ever. I can't remember who actually wrote it, but you know, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of his former players and former um, other coaches who just really looked up to Coach Wood, and they all wrote about like what made him so special. Right. And like the first time I really get to know who Coach Wooden is, I'm reading this book. I'm like, wow, this guy really was the greatest coach ever. This guy was yeah. great. And and like, yeah, I fell in love. And I started reading anything I could get my hands on with Coach Wooden. But that definition of success um, like really helped me because I remember just a few years before that, I would, I would go – I was as my teams did. If we, you know, we won nationals, I was on top of the world. If we lost, I was absolutely crushed. And, and I remember like that definition of success, like just the the peace of mind that I gave it everything that I had, you know, and I can know that I can rest. I can go to sleep at night saying, you know what? I woke up every day. I gave it my all. And that's the only thing that we can ask for, you know, and it's the, you know, it's why Charlie tell the kids, it's hard to explain that to the kids when they want to win this, when they want to get this bid, you know, but um, it's one thing that I really try to, um, to preach them like guys, you know, our job is to come in here and work hard in these four walls and we'll go out there to competitions and, you know, whatever happens, happens, but we know we did what we were supposed to do here in the gym. Right. And that's why I prioritize, especially those who've listened to the podcast before, you know, like I really prioritize like what happens in those four walls at home and what happens at competition it just is what it is you know kids get nervous they have bad days but did we did we prepare the way we're supposed to prepare if we did then yeah great awesome if we didn't then then you know we uh you go back and you start yeah exactly i i once told this definition to another coach of mine coach friend of mine and he said that sounds like a loser's definition of a coach of, of success and i said okay well let me tell you about the person that wrote this this is a person that growing up was indiana state basketball high school champion and if you know anything about indiana basketball that's like religion yeah this is a person that was an ncaa um all-american basketball player at, at the university of purdue this is a man that won 10 national championships in in NCAA basketball. Never, that's never going to happen again. Yeah. He did it four times with perfect seasons and he did it twice back to back. So <laughs> tell me, tell me that that person's a loser, but he's the one that penned that definition that you have to understand. You have to understand the nuances. That doesn't say that, that, that tells you you're driving every day for perfection. You're just understanding that sometimes the results aren't in my ha- aren't in my hands, yeah. so I'm not going to let outside things determine who I whether I'm successful or not. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna derive it from my own understanding of how hard I worked. Yeah. So real quick, off topic. It's kind of on topic. Did you ever read that other book, the most recent book we talked about? I I have not. It's on my shelf. I'm telling you, Troy, you got to read it. You're going to love it. (laughs) You are going to love it. You're going to love it. So for those, actually, no one knows this, except for, I guess, me and you and probably Carrie and Ashley, that we always have a, Troy and I have like a little book club that we do. We always find books and send them to each other. And 
you know, every yes. so often one of us will open the mailbox and go, hey, there's a, a new book here. So <laughs> yes. that one I didn't get the chance to buy. I was borrowing mine. So I was like, hey, here's, you got to check this book out. But um, yeah, it's I, a really I, good book. I have it. I'm, I'm very I'm excited to you, read it. It's really good. Yeah, You're going to love our, it. Our, I think our relationship started over a book. Like our real, like, like the relationship we have now started over the yeah. talent code. The talent because code. Because I remember, I remember reading that every chapter and not and writing down notes and couldn't wait to talk to you about this yeah. is what I saw in the chapter. Do you, do you see what they said? Can you believe that? Yeah. Oh, a really That's quick exciting. side note. I just got, <laughs> the other day I got a, a text from CJ um, who has become the most amazing stunter. Have you watched his videos? Yeah, he's just he ridiculous. ridiculous. But anyway, he showed me, he sent me this video of where they were doing some kind of exhibition and the lights went off. And he, and, but they still kept going. And he was like, now I know why you turn the lights off. Right. That's a whole nother story that'll take a long That's time. So <laughs> and you also, for that same thing happened, it happened our first year at American. I guess one of the PCM teams, I'm not sure what team, it might, it might have been actually Angels. It might have been Angels. Okay. The lights went off while we were already at American. And I got a bunch of text messages like from the kids, like the lights went <laughs> out, coach. <laughs> when we were ready we knew what to do we do if you want to yeah. know what that's all about yeah you'll have to that'll be a whole nother podcast <laughs> this is so funny um, um there's like a funny story about that so marlo uh <laughs> oh my gosh Mar so marlo's legally blind i do we have time for me to tell this story? i think we have time for this story okay. this is one of my favorite coach choice stories ever <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite Coach Choi stories ever. We're at we're at PCF Anaheim. We have Angels. Our uh, I think we're small senior four that we're small senior four that year. And we're kind of lacking on the base area. They're like, Troy, we need to find some bases, man. Look, we need some bases. And you're like, All right, Jay, I got you. We'll find some bases. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, let's find some bases. And uh, you know, one day I'm in the gym and and you're there and I see you working out with some girl and you know she's doing whatever. Come to find out, she's trying, you know, she's getting evaluated. You're like, hey, I got you a base. And I'm like, awesome. Um, and, and I see, you know, I meet Marlo, and I'm just trying to paint the picture. That, please, no one cancel me. I'm just trying to paint the picture of what I saw the first time when I met this kid. She has this really, really, really curly red hair. Yes. It's down, right? It's, just, it's not like she worked out with her hair up like you'd like a typical no. athlete would, right? So she's working out with her hair down. She has the thickest glasses I've ever seen in my life. She is wearing like her dad's shirt. So it's like super yes. over, like it doesn't look like this girl's ever played a sport in her life. And yeah. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like- I'd already put her on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah, she's on the team now. Like she's the base. And I'm like, okay, hey, so do, have you, um, did you main base? Did you second base at your last jam? And she's like, oh, I was a front spot. I'm like, oh, a front spot? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, uh... I'm legally blind. Legally blind? <laughs> so I'm like, Troy got me a legally blind kid for our team. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. So, but Marlo ended up being a but fantastic. I was right. I was right. right. Yeah. She was fantastic, right? <laughs> yes. Um, she really was. She was one of the best kids on the team, honestly. Absolutely. Really was one of the best kids on the team. Mm -hmm. um, but that first time meeting her, I was just like, thanks, Troy. <laughs> right? um, <laughs> but Marlo, right, legally blind kid, like, well, how did Jason get to this story? 
we're doing the lights in the gym. And I remember one day, like during the lights, he goes, Jason, those lights are making me sick. Like my eyes. <laughs> Sorry, kid. You have to deal with the kid. You'll figure it out. Right. But um, anyway. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So random question. Tell me about, um, tell me about how quarantine was for you. Right. I know we're kind of getting over yeah. COVID now. But like, you know, the world shuts down, you're stuck in your house. What was that, you know, those two months or three months like for you? You, Like any Um, life lessons you walk away with or like when you look back on it, what was that time like? Yeah, I I, I think there's a a huge one. You know, we did the two weeks and then everybody went to everything else. Um, But we, we never, we, we, we never stopped our gym Mm -hmm. and, and we never stopped because, um, I firmly believe that that while this was definitely something that you know yeah we should be careful of and we did change a lot of our you know cleaning habits or those kinds of things I, I didn't believe that that the world should stop so you know I would go on on Zoom calls and people were talking about how their city was going to shut everything down or what state or whatever or the county was coming up you know, and what do we do? And, and, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. Slap a sign and say, if you walk in the doors, you know, all manner of viruses are, are present (laughs) in this place. Yeah. And we just kept going. And so, so did you literally only do two weeks? Yeah. Crazy. You know, looking back on it, I could see looking back on it, it's like, oh, you know, maybe two weeks would have been okay. But at the time, like that seems no, like crazy. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there was a lot of people that didn't come in, and that was okay. We understood. I, I just, I just was like, I think that what the lesson I learned was that that there are things that are going to come in up in life, and and you have to take them serious, and you have to be prudent about it. But but you can't. There's there's a point where you have to say, I'm. I, I still have a life to live. Yeah. And so I think that's what I learned. And yours was after two weeks. <laughs> and mine's after two weeks. I can't do that. I think mostly because my wife didn't want me to, in the house, I was bothering Yeah. Her She's much. like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Bro, you got to get back to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. There we go. All right. So, um, oh, question. So I know. Now yeah. we're just talking about random questions right now. So okay. here we go. Get to know the man a little bit. Um. All right. You get to have you and Carrie have an extravagant dinner, um, and you get to invite five dinner guests, dead or alive. Who who are you inviting yes. to your your party, your dinner? I've been so excited ever since I heard David Sims answer this question, um, because <laughs> I, I, I this is really good for me. So everybody would think automatically, I would Coach Wooden. I need John Wooden at my dinner party, but um, yeah. fortunately, I think I would be so frightened. And like awestruck that that would be not. It's like when I met Court, Courtney Pope for the first time. Even yeah. when I see her today, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm not kind of starstruck. So, um, who I would, the first one I would invite though would be uh, Joshua Wooden, Coach Wooden's father, because I would love to hear how all of the things that he did to to. To, to speak in so many wonderful things mm-hmm. to create a, a man like like his son, uh, John Wooden. So Joshua Wooden would be number one. Number two, 
would be the Apostle Paul. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a big theology buff. I love, read, I have a ton of theology books. And But to listen to the man that God gifted to evangelize the whole known world, um, I would love I would love to just sit and speak for a little while and hear about the road from Damascus or, yeah. the, you know, how many people beat him up when he was going into Corinth. Or, uh, so the Apostle Paul would be the second. The third would be uh, my favorite U.S. president, Abraham Lincoln. There we go. Um, because if he, and my, he's my favorite because if you read anything about Abraham Lincoln, you read that this was not a man that was like just thrust into to the presidency because, you know, of his family lineage. He was a poor Kentucky farmer and he failed more times than he succeeded, but he never quit. And I think that's yeah. what I love most about uh, the story of Abraham Lincoln. Um, I would love to have my uh, great-grandfather because I never actually met him, um, but every story that my father or my uncles or my late-grandfather ever told about him was he was a real character, so I think he'd liven up the party a little bit. Um, And I think the last one, just because um, I I have so much respect for him in terms of cheerleading, um, I, w- I would love, and, and, I, and I, I count him as a personal friend, but I would love to just sit and talk with him and just, and just be able to just see how, see what it was about him that made such an impact in, in the activity that we now engage in, which would be James Speed. Oh, there we go. James Speed. That's a good one. There we go, Coach Joyke. <laughs> There's uh, something popped up when you talked about Lincoln. He has a book called Lincoln on Leadership. I mean, he didn't write it, but there's a book called Lincoln on Leadership that I read a while ago. Um, It talked about how Lincoln would write these scathing um, letters to people and like never send them. And like he, when he was like super frustrated with someone, he'd write out this letter and then just fold it up and put it in his drawer and never actually send it to the people. And it was just about like controlling your emotions or whatever. Right. And you know, believe me, I've had to write some of those emails. I never <laughs> send oh, I've written them and had to go delete. I want to, I want to push yeah. send, but I got to push delete. <laughs> got to delete, but you got it off your chest yes. and, and there you go. So amen <laughs> for sure. But yeah. Okay. Let's get down to these uh, final three questions, coach. Okay. Troy. All right. So what needs to start, stop, and or change in the industry? You can answer all three. You could answer like just one of them. Start, stop, change in the industry. Um, <laughs> my wife told me I was supposed to tell you we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about because Bruno. All right. because I have I have I have my my very strong opinions on this, but I think what needs to stop mostly is um, we need to we need to stop going away from what our our original roots are, mm-hmm. and our original roots are people that are passionate about this activity. And I've always called it an activity and I've never called it a sport. And I don't want anybody to think that I don't think it's because our, our children aren't athletes. Um, I just have a definition of sports as I go on a, on a field of play for 30 minutes and I have the ability to affect an outcome versus I, I go on a floor for two and a half minutes and somebody I've never heard of before or ever mm-hmm. seen or talked to gets to decide who the winner is. Mm-hmm. that's the only reason not that it's not athletic but we need to get back to what is the most important part of what we do um which is speaking 
speaking life into these kids. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I'm going to say this right. The the people that are over the umbrella of this are unwarrantedly making it too hard. Mm-hmm. I understand we want safety for our kids and we want to make sure that our kids are 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 taking care of them and obviously it is always horrendous when when somebody comes into our industry with bad intentions and 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 uses it as a way as as a way to hurt young people however i don't ever believe in in the in the effect of making laws or or making rules um for the exception mm-hmm. i believe that 99% of the people that are in this industry are in it for the right reason and they should be they should be they should not be handcuffed mm-hmm. in the way that they're 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 doing things because somebody wants to have this governing authority over them yeah i think that's what that's what i would say is that's what so is that your <clears throat> i'm not even sure are we doing stop, start, and change? I'm not that's even sure. A, that that's, that's a stop and a change. That's a stop and the change. All right. What needs yeah. to start, Coach Troy? What needs to start is um, is us getting back to understanding what is our true calling as coaches and gym owners. Um, and that is nobody goes professional in cheerleading. Mm-hmm. But, but we need to leave – we need to we need to send our the the children under our care out into this world with stronger work ethic, stronger character, stronger morals, so that they can so that they can thrive and survive in 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 the world that's waiting for them. Yeah, that reminds me of something I tell our our parents. I just came up with it not too long ago, so I haven't been saying it for the last six years in America, but I have been saying it for the last maybe two years or so. But I always talk about um, that we're going to strive to win doing everything with – well, I have been saying this. With character, morality, and integrity, we're going to strive to yeah. win and do everything we can within those, within those brackets of character, morality, and integrity. As a, but we, you know, we could teach the kids that we could win at any cost. You know, we can do it by lying, stealing, and cheating. But if we tell them it's okay to lie, steal, and cheat their way to a, a win – on the cheer floor, they're going to think it's okay for them to do that out in real life and in our community. And they're going to be doing it from us here, you know, in our own town, right. We're going to be creating liars, stealers and cheaters right here in our own town, our own backyard and wonder like where they came from. And, you know, part of that might be because we taught it to them because we wanted to win, you know, that trophy so badly, you know? So, all right. Um, Wholeheartedly. So coach Troy, not that, yes. not that there are any rumors, but there's always rumors. <laughs> always, there's always rumors. So this is your chance just to say anything that's on your mind. Um, any rumors, narratives, or myths you want to debunk right now? Um, well, in this being in this industry for 25 years, I've heard lots of rumors. Um, you know, I, I, my latest one: my son came back from a jams event, and he said, "Dad, are you moving to Texas?" And I was like. <laughs> No, no. So um, that's the only rumor I know of currently. Um, uh, what were the other one? Myths or? Myths, 
Rumors or narratives? Narratives. Um, I think the narrative I would that I kind of made for myself because of how overzealous I was is that that I'm a mean coach. Um, mm-hmm. I am very strict and I am very demanding. Um, but I think that anybody that's been coached by me knows that um, at the moment I chastised you or corrected you, the very next moment is the moment I'm going to praise you and, and, and hug you. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that that's a narrative about me that, that I don't, I don't like anymore, but it's a narrative I probably gave to myself because in my younger years, I was, you know, I was the prison guard coach versus the philosopher coach. Um, and I think myths, uh, well, I don't. I hope there's no myths about me, but I don't think I. I don't think I know any to debunk. So, you're, hey, you're the man. The man, the myth, the legend. How I introduce you? Here, <laughs> you come to the gym. The man, the myth, the legend. That's right. Coach Troy here. That's All right. right. Um, yeah, you know, Coach, you were always great. I mean, I remember coming in because we didn't always practice at the same locations. Um, obviously, Anaheim, and then in the you know before that, Laguna or mm-hmm. Irvine. And I was mostly Marietta until those last couple of years in Anaheim. But I remember like the chances I would get to come watch you actually coach. And just, I remember watching practices and thinking like, oh, these kids have more in the tank than I'm giving them credit for, right? These kids are yeah. stronger than fantasy I'm giving them credit for, right? Fantasy laps. And you would do these. And I was like, man, oh, these kids are kids if we build them to be strong they can be oh. really strong they can be mentally tough they can be you know physically tough and it like really taught me and and so and i'd watch like these hard practices but never did i think like oh this guy is a pri- you know uh the prison guard coach like i always saw yeah. how much love you had for the athletes even though it was a you know a physically demanding practice right oh, um yeah. so no, you really like just inspired me as a coach to be like, okay, there's more that I can be doing as a coach to like really prepare these athletes. And there's more that I can be doing as a coach to really like love on these athletes and, yeah. and to show them, I, you know, I care for them more than just, you know, you know, a kid on yeah. the team. So, all right. So I guess we'll wrap it up here. You kind of already asked the, um, well, real quick, is there anything else you want to talk about right now? Is there anything that we didn't get the chance to talk about a story you want to tell or anything? Um, there's one thing I would like to talk about just to, as we finish up, um, because I am, I, I do believe so much in, in coach Wooden's, uh, blocks and his, his pure success. Uh, I went to a coach's conference one time and Debbie Love was talking and I love it when anytime that Debbie, Love, Debbie loves talks. Um, but she was talking about, um, uh, mind blocks for tumblers mm-hmm. and how she would have them journal to, you know, good, bad days, all that kind of stuff. And, and I know that when I, I, I walked out of that and I went back to my gym and I started with fantasy and kind of expanded it out from there. Um, we started to journal and I, I remember somebody saying, why are you wasting 10 minutes of your practice? You know, you only get two hours, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting down and journaling. I said, because when our athletes walk in, they, they're walking in from getting up early going to school, having to deal with friend problems, boyfriend problems, whatever there might be, parent problems. And so they're walking into our gym so burdened. Mm -hmm. And so by giving them the ability to, here's your journal, you can say whatever you want, 
Nobody's ever going to look at it. It's all about you. You can just let it loose and you just let your cares of the, of the, of the day go. And then we can start practice fresh. Mm -hmm. I was so much more efficient once I started to do that, to do that, because I didn't have to go through all of the things I had to go through to get, to, to get these athletes back to a neutral position so that I can now give them something good. And so I would just, I would encourage everyone if you've never done it, it is the most, the, the best 10 minutes you will ever spend as a coach in practice to just allow your athletes to just express. Some of my kids never even wrote. They would show me later because I never looked at their journals, but they would show me later like they just drew pictures. Jessica, she, Jessica Mesa comes to mind, <laughs> yeah. just drew pictures. But it allowed them to just get it out, just be done. And then they came to me now and, and now it's us and we're starting our thing. So yep. if you, if you, if you want, if you're looking for something to imp- implement as a coach that gives your athletes the ability to come to you in that neutral point and gives them the ability to get out those things, those crazy, especially our kids now, you know, as they're coming back from that COVID time where they've just been, you know, cooped up. This is a, it is, it is probably one of the best things I've ever done as a coach and, and I continue to do. There we go. Yeah. And, and obviously we got journaling from you and I was like, Oh, we got to start journaling. And so it's, it's become like one of the staples in the program. And I told in a podcast earlier this year, like last year, I felt like we kind of got away from journaling. Um, last year's the COVID year. Yeah. So we get back from COVID and it's like, we're, we're starting the season late and we're trying to do this and we're trying to make up for all this time. Right. And it seems like so easy. Well, let's just cut journaling out. That'll save us time. Help us get these back handsprings. Right. And I, I saw that we like, weren't like the program that we used to be like character wise. Like we weren't the, the, the yeah. character, like, cause we completely stopped focusing on, you know, developing character. Right. And I'm getting frustrated. And I remember telling like one of the teams, like, man, we were so focused on, like, we were really good at our skills, but we weren't able to be like the team we wanted to be because we stopped focusing on the character. And right. when I realized that it was like, guys, we're going to start journaling and we're going to make sure we're going to bring back journals and we're going to make sure that we do it and that we do them on purpose, you know, and that we are yeah. really intentional. And it's been great to see us getting back to being that program. And we thought it was such, it's so easy to think that it's just 10 minutes and it's just something and we can use this time better. But really when yeah. I script out like my perfect day, or like what a perfect practice is like, um, journals has to be a part of that, right? It's like the, one yeah. of those things that has to happen is that we that we journal. And I've always stuck to the rule that you said that you know you don't read the kids' journals. And I know, and I've read other books that talk about journal, like journaling with your athletes. And one coach was like, "No, you definitely read those those, <laughs> those journals." I know what they're saying about me. <laughs> yeah, you, you better know what's in that journal. Um, <laughs> And decide like, no, it's their, you know, I've always told me it's their personal, you know, this is protected space, right? This is yeah. your journal to go ahead. And if you're mad at Well, they're not going to be honest, or, right? Yeah, I, exactly. I want them to be honest. Yeah. For sure. Because it's not about well, what they, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely about making sure that they have that, that time and that freedom. I even went so far this year, you know, cause I did your pyramids, um, this year I started with every pyramid that I went and worked with group. I worked with, I gave them a block of coach Wooden's pyramid 
And I, and I, but the night before I would do that, I was going to go do their, you know, the pyramid of pray and just like, God, just give me that one block. And it was so funny. Every time I would start the pyramid, I would start the, the time and I would say, okay, guys, this is, this is, you know, I'd explain a little bit about Coach Witten, but this is your block. And then I'd give them the definition of the block, team spirit or self-control or whatever it was. And and every time, inevitably, at the end of the of the, the session, I would have a kid come back and go, oh my gosh, that was awesome. That was team spirit or that was yeah. skill or whatever it was. So so it was cool. It's good stuff. Sure, you got to read that book. T- there's really good journal entries in that book that's sitting on your shelf. <laughs> Okay, it's it's the next thing that I'm gonna do. I promise. <laughs> but you know what's so funny about that? You haven't read that book. Is that I know now we're just going. Well, I'm supposed to be on the last question, but we're just talking. Whoops. But that but you sent me um, practice perfect, right? Yes. Years ago, and I remember it sat on my shelf for a year. I didn't read it for a whole year. It sat on my shelf. I finally pick it up. Finally read it. And go, this book's awesome. Oh my right. God. And I remember like, why did I read this a year ago? Right. I needed so, like, it last yeah, year. I needed this last, yeah, I needed all of this last season. Right. Yes. And uh, I just remember like kicking myself like, oh my gosh, I had this book sitting on my shelf. Right. And just sitting, like staring at me every day. Didn't read it until a year later. But you know. Next we should do like a, we should do like a book reveal. Yeah. Because we have a ton that these we coaches do. need to read. We have we a do. bunch. We coaches, please. Book. Please seek out. There's so many great coaching books, and they don't have to be cheerleading. They can yeah. be in all different genres. You know, the Practice Perfect is a teaching. It's a teacher's book. So yeah. it's, there's please look out there because as you as you open your eyes to these new things, you'll just see your practice in a different light. For sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, <laughs> all right, here we go. Last question. We already kind of answered it. Wait, before we get to, there's a lot. The second to last question again. Anything else? Uh, this is your time. So there's something else you're like, man, I really want to say it. Well, I, I did look, I did, as I was getting ready for today, I just kind of like grabbed a couple of my books and I started to reread some of them. And there was this one page, this one part from Coach Wooden's leadership, uh, Wooden on leadership mm-hmm. um, in his preface that he wrote. And, and I just, I kind of wanted to share it because I think it goes to the whole part of um his definition of success and what what we as leaders should be leaving leaving in the lives of our kids. Um, and, and real it goes quick, like this. real yes. quick, real quick before you get into that. And Troy, share as much as you want because I had I've I've been getting this a lot lately. I actually had this. Someone just told me this not too long ago. But there are a lot of coaches who listen to the podcast who feel like who just who listen because they're seeking like guidance. And, you know, and I tell them a lot of things that are going on in the gym. I go, yeah, this is going on in the gym and I'm I'm dealing with this. These kids are doing this and it's driving me nuts. I'm dealing with parents who are doing this and right. And they feel like they're not alone. Like they're not the only ones dealing with, you know, these issues. So, you know, there's coaches listening. So any wisdom you have to impart the way you've imparted wisdom on me, you know, the audience is, is captive right now. So, you know, go ahead, share. Well, I am the son of a preacher, so it's pretty easy for me to go on and on. But I'll, I will definitely leave you, I'll, I'll leave it at this because I think it's just, it's so, it kind of like wraps everything up with a bow. Um, he says this, leadership offers the greatest re- reward beyond that of simple achieving supremacy over the competition. At least this is true for me. 
the joy and great satisfaction I derived from leadership, working with and teaching others, helping them reach their potential, um, and contributing to the team's common goals, ultimately surpassed outscoring an opponent, the standings, even championships. It certainly surpassed the public attention that comes with achievement. I think if we keep those those words in mind in terms of I have have the ability, I have the privilege to go in and lead these kids every day. And sometimes I'm going to lead them to championships and sometimes I'm not. But if, if, if I derive my pleasure and my joy from watching them grow as individuals, there's no championship that can ever, ever match that. Amen. There you go. All right. Coach Troy, where can the people find you at? If they want to follow you or follow Magic Online, how can they follow you guys? Um, I'm not really the biggest social media person, but I'm sure it's Magic All-Stars. Um, at Magic All-Stars something. Um, <laughs> something right You'll figure out. Google us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you want, give me a call. I love having conversations. I think that's what I love more than anything else. I love sitting down. Every time I get to go with you, you guys, I love sitting down with you and Ashley. And just, I think conversations between people um, don't happen as much as they do. We text each other or, or, you know, we're like so fast. But to sit down and have a conversation, I would be open to that for anyone. And if you want to contact Jason, he has my phone number. Anyone that wants to call me, I would love, I would love to just, you know, just chat. Because I, I think that's a lost art in our world this day, these days. For sure. Just like the high V, that's a lost art as well. So. <laughs> no, yeah. no high V's. <laughs> no more high V's, people. We can't. No high V's allowed. Or pipe checks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lost <laughs> arts. Coach Troy, you're welcome back anytime. Awesome. Well, it's good to talk to you. It's good to see you. Give my love to everybody in American. Um, and I hope to see you soon. Soon enough. Here we go. Again, huge shout out to Coach Troy. Thanks for coming on the show. And thank you for always hooking up the pyramids. Thank you for talking Coach Wooden's pyramid and and just everything, Coach Troy. I love you. So next episode, guys, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe because next episode we're talking code of points, debate style. It's going to be super cool. It's going to be crazy. It's, it's something you definitely do not want to miss. Until then, guys, five, six, seven, eight. We're out. Hey, guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Do me a quick favor, hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.